I'm thrilled to welcome Laura Loney to talk to us about her book, Twas a Night Before a Tudor Christmas. Welcome, everyone, and I am thrilled to welcome Laura Loney. She is the author of this really fun, I always have trouble holding things up, this amazing Twas the Night Before a Tudor Christmas. I'm so excited about this. My favorite things, the Tudors and Christmas, and I, I just, I'm so excited that Laura was willing to join us today, and we're going, on, we're on video so we can show some of the amazing images. So thank you, Lara, for joining us today. Oh, thank you so much for having me. This is my uh, my first podcast. Oh, yay. YouTube premiere. <laughs> oh, this is okay. I'm honored. So. I'm so excited that, that you've chosen to share I'm this with honored. us. Amazing. Thank you. So I just want to ask you a few questions before we dive into the book. Okay. I'm always interested what got people sort of going in the world of history. So how did you start out being interested in history? Um, Well, so I've always loved history, and that may sound kind of funny, but (laughs) I was the type type of kid, uh, we're in Canada, right? I am in Canada, so we don't have all these lovely Tudor buildings and things, but we do have pioneer villages (laughs) and those sort of things. So my parents would always take us there, and I would be this type of child that would be drawing butter churns (laughs) and log cabins on my on my textbook, you know, the, um, your folders, your school folders and that sort of thing. It's like, okay, <laughs> I think that was grade three or something. So I've always been into history. Um, the tutors, I, I got in, I know everyone has these lovely, beautiful, astute answers. <laughs> Maybe it's fitting with the, the funness of my book and why I wrote this, but I discovered Amberlynn and she was what brought me into the tutors when I was, I had to be quite young because it was from a kid's magazine. I've told oh, okay. Okay. So yeah, kids do take notice and they do read these things and it can spark a lifelong interest. But of course, the one I read, this would have been in the probably late 80s, early 90s, uh, wasn't terribly accurate. But what it did, <laughs> it talked about a headless ghost and uh. he had six fingers and, oh, she was married to a man who had six wives. But of course, you know, as I don't know, maybe I was around eight or nine years old. It's like reading this. It's like, what? (laughs) (laughs) This is fascinating. (laughs) But that got me hooked and Anne got me hooked. And then there was even a, I don't know what I'm allowed to (laughs) say for copyright, but there is a silly cartoon on um, Saturday mornings too. And there was a trend there. I think that was again, late eighties, early nineties to put some of these historical figures into cartoons. And there was a, another one that had a headless, a headless ghost of Anne Boleyn chasing around the main character going through the tower of London. But like, That's as you're wonderful. watching this as a kid, it's like, I was just gripped. And honestly, ever <laughs> maybe it's not the best way to get into the tutors, but then you, you want to learn the real people behind you it. You want to learn the real. Yeah, no. And I got in through Anne Boleyn too. She's my favorite and continues to be. So and you're right. You you hear some of the legends like the six fingers or it's almost yeah. as if in some stories she was always headless. You know, I mean, she's just presented <laughs> only that way. But it does spark that desire to know more. And that's what, you know, brings us really into the story. So 
That's great. That's great. And I, I love hearing that. And I always love hearing about Anne Boleyn fans since I oh, am. I <laughs> when I was at, um, I was lucky enough to get to Hever Castle this year. And um, one of the guards, he was talking to someone else, actually, at the time, one of the curators ra- rather in one of the rooms. And I was looking at some things and he said something about, well, and then we often have people come who are just Anne Boleyn nutters. And I said, oh, yeah, that's me. I'm a self-avowed Anne Boleyn nutter. So um, it's wonderful. That's probably why we get along. So um, tell me about, okay, so you've got this interest in the history and the Tudors and an Anne Boleyn. So how does that bring us to the night before a Tudor Christmas? Tell us first, before we start looking at it, Okay, tell us how this idea came to you and what made you embark on this project, this super fun, wonderful project? Oh, thank you. Um, well, we have the night before Christmas, the book, right? And I have chill. I have children. I'm a mom. I have two, I have two kids. So, um, I'm always listening to Tudor history podcasts. Yours is one of them. <laughs> and so the kids know, right? They can kind of hear stuff. They pick stuff up. But I want it to a way to share Tudor history. And I love Christmas. I love all holidays, like love them, <laughs> maybe too much. <laughs> but so I wanted a way to share this with my kids. And mm-hmm. as you know, <laughs> many Tudor stories end in decapitation, yeah. <laughs> <or> torture. <laughs> So not really the stuff of um, bedtime stories. Mm-hmm. <laughs> hey, here's a really good story, kids. Now go to sleep, sweet dreams. Yeah, right, right. Yes, sweet right? dreams. So I wanted a way, and um, I thought it's a natural kind of combination to take uh, Tudor history with Christmas. And hey, here's this poem. And I am I am kind of one of those silly people that goes around and changes the lyrics to songs for a joke. Or <laughs> and so my, my mind is always kind of racing with, kind of creative ideas um and so yeah I just started putting it together I think I was it's a very glamorous glamorous story of uh doing the dishes one day (laughs) (laughs) but like you know you're hearing that was a night before Christmas and all through the house you know and we kind of have all of that a lot of the beginning of that story memorized and of course I've been listening to Tudor stuff and it's like oh what about this to do and I can start putting it together with um, you know, Anne and Henry. And I thought, oh, you know what, this is kind of funny. So I sat down and I started writing it down before I forgot it. And then I thought, mm-hmm. and then I just kind of kept going and I kept going. And then I thought, oh, okay, well now I'm, <laughs> now I'm three quarters of the way done. I've got to finish this. And so it's funny mm-hmm. that the storybook portion of the book came together really quite fast. Like, I mean, I changed it. I, I wrote it about two years ago. So I've been tweaking it kind mm-hmm. of, you know, word here, word there, but that part that just like flew out of me. I don't, I don't know. It just came. And it was like, I think it was in a, about an afternoon. I sat and wrote that. The rest wow. of the book, however. <laughs> right. Yes. That was longer. One of the things that's really exciting about this book is that in addition to the Twas the Night Before Christmas story with these amazing illustrations, we're going to talk about that in a minute. We come after the story, we have all of these other elements. So we learn so much about the Tudors and their Christmas. So can you tell us about how you came up with that idea? Because I love that. Oh, thank you. Um, Yeah, so I wanted to, I have a huge collection of Tudor books as well. So I've got lots of nonfiction, lots of fiction, love it all. Um, But I really like the idea. And I think it's because I, I, teach a lot with my children too. I love the idea of in engaging history. So making it fun, 
and bringing it off the pages and into the home. And I think when you learn with your hands, maybe that's a, mm-hmm. that's a good way to say it, it really does stick. And not just children, adults too, right? You don't always need to feel like you have to sit and read a book, which is, there's nothing wrong with that. I love doing that too. But when you're baking something, you get the smells and you get the taste yes. and the, um, you know, it just brings it alive, right? And yes. so people who don't really even like history, I mean, they're going to enjoy, I mean, I think my family did, they didn't even know what I was doing to them. And I, <laughs> I brought out the chessboard, the shortbread chessboard, and that was inspired from uh, Queen Elizabeth I, who was gifted a March pane chessboard, mm-hmm. right? But to be honest with you, I don't know, I don't think anybody, <laughs> my kids would not eat March mm-hmm. pane, maybe mm-hmm. like that. That seems like a lot of commitment to a dish that's going to end up in the green bin. <laughs> yes. So that was another part of it. I wanted to make it not only um, a good way to learn history and enjoy history, but also to make it um, kind of accessible for modern people, right? Like right. not everybody, I don't want to sound rude, but like some of the dishes from medieval times and things, try feeding that to a child, right? Right, right, right. <laughs> or an adult. Or yeah. even an adult, like sometimes it's those really funny bits of um, meat and like eels and mm-hmm. it's not something that we normally would eat today. So right. a lot of these recipes are uh, things that my family has enjoyed eating, but I took them and twisted them and spinned them and add you add the, like the Tudor flavorings or whatever I had to do to it to make it um like bring in the history, right? And uh, you mm-hmm. can fool people who don't really love history. Right. <laughs> to enjoy right. it. I mean, you know, it's something everybody at a party can enjoy. Right. And I, and I love, so I was looking at like the soup. Doesn't that look delicious? I have so much. Okay, there we go. And, and so it's, it's wonderful because these recipes are so inviting to a modern audience to get a taste of Tudor times that we wouldn't have otherwise, but there's always information that surrounds these recipes. So we we know a bit. You've you've merged in pieces of the history with a modern take on a recipe or something. So I think that's really fun, and people will really enjoy. And we have some just beautiful images. Okay. But in addition to these beautiful images, I want to talk a little bit about the illustrations and the amazing Catherine Holman is your illustrator. So tell us, have you worked with her before? Do you know her? How did you get in touch with her? Tell us about that. Okay. So I know Catherine, um, well, I know her very well now (laughs) and we've actually become very close friends. So she's, she's fun. She's really fun and very talented. So, um, I didn't actually know her before I started working on this, but I followed her on social media and Mm -hmm. I've seen her work and I love her drawings and her Tudor history. And I thought, well, she's going to do a great job too, because she, um, not only is she a talented artist, she has um, some understanding of the history too. Right. So to me, like accuracy is important as well. So I knew she would do a great job um, Mm -hmm. making it accurate, but she has a background in, um, publishing as well and right. has done children's books before and things like this. So, and she's also a mom. So she understands kind of keeping the kids. I shouldn't keep saying that this is a children's book because it's really not. That's something I'm trying to get away from. I but love it. Kids. So yeah, <laughs> it's, it's for grownups yeah. too. 
Thank you. It was just kind of meant to be for like all audiences. But the storybook, the idea in my head all the time has been, I don't know, I had this picture of like a grandmother who loves Tudor history and has always loved Tudor history. <laughs> pulling it off her bookshelf and reading it to her grandkids at Christmas. But that's this is what I'm doing with my grandkids. So you're oh, describing my house. So <laughs> I love it. So, so that's exactly what I I intended. Or like me as a like I say, I wanted to share it with my children. And they not they're they're not like maybe history buffs, but they still enjoy the story. So it had to be enjoyable. And I think the pictures yeah. from Catherine really bring it alive. And I have to say I became a bit teary-eyed when I first started seeing them. Because mm-hmm. you look at a like you look at a document, right, with the words on it for months and you see it. And it's just very I mean, it's unimpressive <laughs> to see just black and white on a on a paper. But then as soon as you start seeing it and you put it to the this is one yes. of my favorite ones. Yes, that is just so beautiful. Yes. And that's the one I'm actually right now recreating it in miniature form. Wow. Just okay. for, <laughs> just for fun. But yeah. yeah, so she she was great and we still we're actually planning a little something special too. We have a few more little freebies that will be coming out oh, in December. So great. Oh, I can't wait. I can't so wait. I'll try to put that up this week. There's um some little gift tags coming for oh, um I'm trying to find the section in the book here. But there's a little challenge about because the tutors didn't used to open their presents on Christmas Day, but on right. New Year's. Yep. So uh, there's a challenge in here. There's a couple challenges for families if they wanted to try an experience like that. Mm-hmm. It in the book. Um, here we go. But yeah, so she's designed some beautiful little gift tags that you can oh. print off and just stick to the gifts. And then if you wanted to try the challenge, some of them say things like, do not open until January 1st. Or- right. Because New Year's Day was the big day. So here is, I just wanted to show this. Here is the chessboard. That yes. shortbread. And it's oh. just so beautiful and looks delicious. <laughs> I've eaten way too much of that. <laughs> well, that may be the first thing I make. <laughs> that it's is really it's fun to make. And I tried to, um, that was another element of the book too. I wanted to bring in because Christmas is such a busy time of year and I don't have, I don't know, maybe it's laziness. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I I don't love doing a ton and ton of ton of steps for things. And right. I, some of these recipes do look complicated, but I've tried my best to keep them simple. So right. the chessboard isn't too bad. It's just mixing the shortbread, mm-hmm. which is quite easy. It I think I you know about five minutes or less you can mix the shortbread. But there's some tricks too. So those are slice and bake, and I love slice and bake because rolling mm-hmm. pins me I mean mm-hmm. there's a time and a place but mm-hmm. <laughs> is it just me I find it really demotivating <laughs> you roll it all out and then it is a lovely thing when your children come to help you with the cookie cutters but they don't space it close right <laughs> yes <laughs> roll it like a hundred times yes true so slice and bake and I'm like oh yeah first yes. try here we yes. go <laughs> yes no that's good that's good because we're all you know, just wanting to have our best time. And so, yes. Oh, that's wonderful. And the recipes are all just fun. And in addition to recipes, there are some other activities I want to point out. Um, So there are some really fun riddles that you can share with your family and some games and some things to make like a little kissing bow. So you can decorate, you can 
feast. You can have some fun and games, some gift ideas, and it's just all great. It's just such a fun collection. And I just wondered if it's all right with you, if I just read a little bit of the beginning. Oh, for sure. For sure. Okay. Because it's so fun, but I will say for me personally, I did fall in love. So first of all, here we go, Hampton Court. So, oh, just drop something. Worry not. Um, but I do want to just, just a little bit get the flavor of this fun text. Even though you said it came to you so quickly, honestly, I would have thought you labored for months and months because it's so pitch perfect. But here we go. "'Twas the night before Christmas in a palace so grand, not a courtier was scheming by royal command. The kissing bow was hung from the ceiling with love, unspoken promises of joy from above. The tutors were warm in their lice-ridden beds while visions of sugared nuts swirled in their heads, and Henry in his nightshirt and Anne in her gown quarreled over airs and fell asleep wearing frowns. And I just loved that because it's not all fun and games for Henry and Anne, we know. And yet, I just felt like you captured the idea of people and Christmas and fun right in Tudor times. And I felt like I was right there. I just I just loved that. I loved the way it felt with Henry and Anne. And then they go through all of this chaos. But look at these little details, like the H and A that we know. And then here we see them. Whoa, this way. Here we see them again. It's just so fun. And so we come, I'm not going to read the whole thing to you because you need to get it and read it. But I want to look at the end. Then Queen Anne turned to Henry, a dazzling sight. Happy Christmas, my king, and to all a good night. And we have this moment of hoping that Henry and Anne will live happily ever after. Oh, I know. I know. (laughs) Which is wonderful because it also is a reminder of something that I think we do forget. I'll, I'll show you the front. That we do forget about Henry and Anne, which is it wasn't all over in September when Elizabeth was born, that there were happy times with Henry and Anne. And even though it doesn't end very well, um, this gives us those moments where it is really fun. And then we can jump off from that and learn so much. Just there's so many learning activities. I just love this. Um, So tell us as you're working on this, as you're getting ready, if you could meet with some readers like me who were getting excited about your book, what would you say are just a couple of things that we should definitely look for in your book? What are some really special things that you really love? Okay. Well, for me, I'm a bit of a joker. So I, I don't know, (laughs) a joke to me, like, um, if it lands, it's funny. If it doesn't land, I still laugh because (laughs) that's just who I am. I laugh if it's not funny still. Oh yes. Okay. But there's a huge joke section, but I wanted to say, the inspiration behind these is um, the Christmas crackers that you pull, like not cheese and crackers, but the pull mm-hmm. ones that you pop and you wear the crown. Those always come out at Christmas, right? And you, there's always a silly joke inside and everybody sits around the table and we all read our jokes. And like I say, if they're funny, you laugh. If they're not funny, you still laugh because you're like, wow, that was a bad joke. So 
I was like, okay. And I took a lot of elements of my own family's Christmas and what our favorite elements are, and then kind of twisted them to have Tudor elements. So that's why there's this huge section on Tudor jokes, whether or not they, I mean, (laughs) my kids, I love my kids, but (laughs) they are Canadian kids. And so they didn't always understand these Tudor references. Not yet. I got to work on them still, but yeah, there's time. There's time. They'll get there. <laughs> My daughter does understand that Henry VIII, she calls him a big meanie. So Ah, okay. So she's on her way. <laughs> she's on her way. <laughs> but um, yeah, they had a joke with me. So when I was trying to write these jokes and I was saying them around the house, you know, and I'm like, is it funny? Is it funny? And they're like, I don't get it. <laughs> it's funny. It's funny. I like it. Um, so I'd be asking my tutor um, friends and this kind of thing. It's like, yeah, yeah. Oh, they like it. Okay. So it's fine. But my son, just so sarcastic, and he started creating these jokes and everything would end in, he's like, I've got a joke for you, mom. I'm like, okay. And he'd say whatever the joke was. And I go, what's, the, okay, I don't know. What's the, what's the punchline? Peacock. Oh, it would, it would always be peacock. <laughs> for, for us, he knows that, that it, he was just trying to be a joker because he's like, yeah, your jokes don't make any sense to me, but peacock. It's but they ended so peacock, like, yeah. Okay, boom, roasted mummy. So. <laughs> but um, speaking of peacocks, that is the children. That is our family. I think our family overall favorite recipe is these. Um, oh, wow. Great. Look at those. So, yeah, and I've done them in a way, again, to make them here. The steps are here to make them, even it looks really complicated, but it's not too bad. The hardest part is the uh, making the icing. I'm very, okay. I'm impatient with things. So if I can do it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's just, it takes a little bit of time, but then you have it and it's not too hard. I've made it so anybody can kind of do it, whether you're skilled at piping or not, like it doesn't really matter, right? Like you, you follow the steps. I've made it quite easy just draw a circle draw this Mm -hmm. and it's like maybe it's a medium skill set but slice and bake is easy but um so yeah that's my one of my family's favorite recipes well that's fun because that takes a little bit you know peacocks were perhaps in Tudor times a big main course that they would redress they'd cook it and then redress it and then you'd eat it we might not want to do that today, but here's a way we can experience a very fanciful peacock as part of our meal and think about the tutors. Exactly. And that's that's the point I was um, trying to make. <laughs> you read these recreations and it's like the actual recipes are like, that's commitment to a disgusting dish. No offense mm-hmm. to whoever made it originally, but like putting the peacock, like, you know, take it out and put it back in its raw skin. Mm-hmm. Mm, mm-hmm. Good <laughs> Put the feathers back on. Yeah. Yeah. But no. And then there was even some really quite, I, I mentioned it in the book, but some, they would rig some of them up like to be able to breathe fires through its beak. And it's like, wow, that's a lot. That's intense. So you still get this element of grandeur though, putting a big plate on your table that looks like a peacock. It right. still does. It's kind of like, yeah, I mean, that's one of like it's one of my favorites for a reason. But it's like you put that on a table of guests, right. and whether you know Tudor history or you don't know Tudor history, putting a peacock like that, it's it is it's it it's, catches the eye, right? So right, very impressive, and a fun way to say 
oh, what made you think of this? Well, actually, it's based on a Tudor recipe, and <laughs> this is the cookie version. So that's really great and and a really fun way, again, to be sharing some of these ideas with family, with kids, with friends. And, you know, you could just have a, a Tudor tea and serve a big plate of peacock cookies, and everyone would love them. So that does sound great. Yeah, I think a lot of the stuff too, I think it doesn't necessarily have to be contained to Christmas. Like it's in a Christmas. Right. I think a lot of us do most a uh, huge amount of baking at Christmas. And so mm-hmm. it, it does work out well. But this one, which is one of my favorites. Um, oh, beautiful. Blackbird pie. Yes, that is beautiful. I had so much fun trying to figure this one out. So, <laughs> but the idea, like we all know that rhyme, four and 20 blackbirds baked into a pie. Mm-hmm. That was something interesting I found too during the research. And I was quite happy to find out that those birds were not <laughs> like you read some really dark stuff of Tudor history with animals that I won't <laughs> go right, into. Yeah. And so I think, oh gosh, do I really want to know the truth behind yes, this? Yes, yes. Uh-oh. As far as I can tell, they weren't harmed because they were able to fly out of the pie. So it wasn't necessarily meant to be eaten, but it was meant to be this dining experience where they put the birds inside a pre-cooked, <laughs> no mm-hmm. cooking alive, nothing too, mm-hmm. too sinister, mm-hmm. but putting them in this pie and then releasing it and the guests, for the guests and all these birds would fly out. And wow, that would be pretty neat. So I definitely thought, okay, this is just screams like tutor mm-hmm. right? I need to mm-hmm. do something with this but um I ended up doing it's almost like a little shortbread and mm. with, with jam shortbread I mean shortbread and jam is pretty kid-friendly adult-friendly I don't know who doesn't yeah. like that <laughs> they're just cute but I was thinking this would be so cute even in a summer in the summer on like a little picnic or something or a kid's right. party or a little play date yes yes a lot of these yes a peacock isn't necessarily Christmassy, although it lends itself to that big Christmas feast and is very dramatic, but it could be any time. Um, you could have peacock cookies, and that would be just really a fun um, and very impressive thing to unfurl on your table. So, yeah. <laughs> so, tell us you mentioned that, which might have been a little bit of a surprise as, as you were doing your research, because I know a lot of research went into this. Was there anything else you discovered um, that was sort of a surprise as you were researching? Um, Well, something, um, like I say, so not every element is something that the tutors would have had at Christmas, but it's something we can enjoy at Christmas now. So something, one of my other favorite recipes, I'm talking a lot about the recipes. There's a lot of activities in there too. I think I'm just an eater. So yeah, the the recipes are super fun. Yeah. (laughs) I'm an eater and a baker, but uh, (laughs) Uh, so the, the Snowden strawberries. Oh yeah. Okay. Okay. That led me down rabbit holes, <laughs> but like fun <laughs> in a fun way. And I didn't realize that, um, strawberries and cream is credited to the creation of it is credited to Cardinal Thomas Wolsey's cook. Wow. So, so that's where the origins are. Cause I was like, oh, I know, you know, they didn't have freezers back then. So they wouldn't have likely eaten strawberries at a Christmas time. But I don't know, I, strawberries and cream, it sounds like a very Christmas and they have some lovely names for the um, recipes too. So I love this idea of the snow and the snow in some, um, some of the older recipes I would come across were made with egg whites. Mm, mm-hmm. That's not, it's not my favorite thing. Not to say it's not delicious for people who like, but I'm like whipped cream though, man, I love whipped cream. Yeah. And my mom has always made this uh, no-bake uh, cheesecake. Right. Mm, and mm-hmm. 
So this idea of adding the cream cheese into the whipped cream gives it kind of like a cream cheese taste with, um, what am I trying to say here? Uh, let me just show you the picture. Yeah. Oh, look <laughs> at I'm that. Yeah. I know I'm thinking I'm, mm-hmm. I'm hungry for a tart. But yeah, so I was surprised to find that. And then, so the strawberries that the tutors would have eaten were more of a wild variety. And so there's this lovely castle. It's not really a castle. It's a house near where I live. And mm-hmm. like I say, our buildings in Canada are not as old, but we find our historical buildings and we love to go on tours as a family when we can. So there's a place called Dundurn Castle and mm-hmm. it's not really a castle, but it was called that because the people seeing this massive house for the first time called it a pal- I called it a castle. Wow. Okay. It's it stuck. It's stuck over the years. So that's what it's called. But they have this lovely heritage garden in the back. And in the summer they do these plant sales. So you can take, yeah. So everything that would have been growing about 200 okay. years ago is available and you can, they have any extra plants they have and the money goes to the upkeep. So it's a lovely sale we like to go to. And sure enough, I went in there and I saw alpine strawberries and I thought, Ooh, and they're the little tiny variety. Oh, of okay. Cookies. Yeah. So I had to buy them and then I had to taste them. And it's all just from this recipe, but they're like, they're more tart and than like our normal strawberries we would get. Mm-hmm. So that's why in the recipe, what I've done is I've tried to add a bit of pomegranate juice to give it that oh, okay. flavor. I'm just trying to mimic it where I can, right? Because not mm-hmm. everybody can go and buy an alpine strawberry or a right. wild strawberry. Mm-hmm. Sort of thing, but I've tried to make it easy. There's, but So that was surprising to me. And then as I continued to research these wild strawberries, um, one of the primary sources I kept coming across was in a physician's book. So I thought that was surprising. That was something I didn't know beforehand that many okay. of the original cookbooks were written by doctors because they had this strong connection between mm-hmm. health and food, which mm-hmm. I'm someone who I used to want to be a nutritionist too. So I really, <laughs> I really, <laughs> I really bonded with that. I love that. So that was quite surprising to me, but also really interesting. And it led me <laughs> really right. led me leaps and bounds. <laughs> that's wonderful. Well, and, and we know that the tutors used what they grew. I mean, that's what they had for medicine as well as for feasting. You know, they were using what they grew. So that's, that's a true. really nice connection um, to think that the doctors or the physicians were also sort of giving you some ideas. That's that's really wonderful. That's that's really fun to think about. All right. Well, as, as we finish up, and I, again, will have all the links so that you can get this wonderful book. And I just want to show you here, it says, plus more than 30 tutor-inspired activities and recipes. And so there's the wonderful story and then the recipes and other activities. And Laura mentioned that there are some other things to come. Oh, and look at that. Yep. Dollhouse. If I don't mention my dollhouse, I'll be mad at myself. I love my dollhouse. And I have to point out, sorry to be a person, but I love dollhouses and they're not just for children. I think a lot of people think that. I just love them. And they're really good for learning social history too. Yes. Yes. Well, and this is really great social history. So that's wonderful. I hope you are all following Laura on social media. because it's just mesmerizing. I mean, there's there's images from here and Dollhouse. I actually saw some Dollhouse lately, you know, some new things you're doing in the Dollhouse. And yeah. so it's it's really wonderful. So, oh, yes, show us, show us. I've got my little pegs here. Oh, so these are based on Catherine's illustrations. Oh, oh my look friend at Henry. Here. That's hilarious. 
She's just so talented and she paints all of these. I oh. her on social media all the time. So that's what, yes, I've seen them. That's great to actually see them. Oh, and so you can see these little in the, in our scenes in the book, you see these little guys moving around. It's wonderful. And, um, and Catherine's illustrations are great. It's just a delight. And one of the things I loved about the book and about talking to Lara is that it's just so fun. I think it's sometimes easy to get a little overwhelmed by history and a little overwhelmed by Christmas. And this was my antidote to that <laughs> because Aww. the history is so fun. And it just made me so excited to try some new recipes that weren't overwhelming and just could be fun and impressive at Christmas. And I think, you know, the peacocks would be fun year round. I honestly think the chessboard would be really fun year round. So there are all <laughs> kinds of really, you can tell I'm a shortbread fan. So um, all kinds of really fun things. So Lara, tell us what else you might be working on, or is there another book you're thinking about or? Oh, yeah, I work the way I read. Okay. <laughs> so, so, so I have, I can't tell you how many documents open. All right. <laughs> but one thing that's kind of a passion project for me that I'm really hoping to just, I just have to, I try to finish it, but there's always more to learn. And I find as soon as like, I don't know. I'm a bit of a perfectionist with things. So every time I think, oh, yeah, I've got it, then I'll learn something new and I'll add, have, oh, I've got to add that in. But what it is, is I'm working on uh, a novel, Anne Boleyn, right? But it's it's very different, very much in keeping with my, I don't know, is it my motto? I don't know. I try to be original where I can and try to bring in creativity and maybe a different outlook on things. So this novel I'm writing, it's my first long novel. I have um, some middle grade. Um, projects on the go as well. So um, yeah, but it's just fun. And it's, but it's exhausting, I think, in, yeah. in a way, because I'm putting my all into writing it. And I'm trying to write it in a different sort of way that I've never tried before, where I'm, if I'm feeling a certain emotion, or like I'm having a bad day, then I will write a scene where I feel like Anne would be having a bad day. And oh, okay, I, I take those emotions and I put them in as I write it. So I'm writing it kind of all out of order, but it's coming together. And wow. Okay. I make life difficult for me. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. I mean, it sounds like it'll be amazing for us after you've done all the work. It's going to be amazing for us as readers. That's I great. Really hope so I'm trying to figure out, I don't know. I, <laughs> I, I really, really like, I love doing it. It's so much fun, but it's, yeah, it's a very emotional roller coaster ride with anything with Anne, I find. I I think she still <laughs> all these years later takes us on an emotional roller coaster ride. That's a great way of putting it. So tell us where we can follow you. You mentioned you're going to put a couple of things out maybe this week or next week. So tell us where, and I'll put all this in the show notes, but tell us oh, sure. where we can follow you. Uh, well, my favorite social media is Instagram. Okay. So my handle is Laura leaves, Laurel leaves and laundry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still very much a history person who listens to my podcast while I fold laundry. So, <laughs> all right. And there'll be a link to that. So, and that's yeah. great. I, I love your Instagram. I'm always on it. So oh, thank you. That's just my kind of my creative out. That's my creative outlet. So anything that I'm actually doing in real time, I'll post on there. Um, okay. I started a Facebook page, an author page just recently so that I'm trying to grow. So that would be lovely. Okay, great. <laughs> we'll send everybody there. there. Yep. <laughs> um, and I have a website too, which is just lauraloney.com. Okay. Great. I try to make an effort to update it. 
Okay. Well, <laughs> we will be sure and put all these things in the show notes so you can go. I I know myself, I follow the Instagram and it's just really fun. I, I like the visual stuff, right? So it's a really fun little treat. It's always a little journey through time. So, um, and Facebook, I'm just starting because it's a new page, right? So I, I'm on there, but it's I've been following the Instagram for longer. So, well, Laura, thank you so much for taking the time to be with us. And especially thank you for this wonderful, again, just so much fun. And I am that Nana who is reading to her kids and showing them these pictures. And my little four-year-old granddaughter is quite enchanted um, as are, I'm sure all kinds of people. She and I are just enchanted with this. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. I really love hearing that. That really makes me happy. Oh, it's good. Oh, funny, good. But like it really did come from a place of love and wanting to share the love of Tudor history and maybe get new people yeah, that may not have known that they, of course, they love the tutors. They just right, didn't know right. They just didn't know it yet. And of course, <laughs> Anne Boleyn's going to be everybody's favorite. Oh, they are. And, and <laughs> yeah, I just add, I had to have Anne have the last word, and that's why I did that. I oh, that's wonderful. Okay, give Anne the last word. Well, we're all about that here. <laughs> so, thank you so much. Thank, thank you, you, everyone, for joining us. We hope you're having a very happy history holiday. And we'll see you again soon. Thanks so much, everybody. Bye-bye. Thank you, Lara, for joining us to talk about your wonderfully fun book about the Tudors at Christmas. And thank you all for joining us. I hope you're having happy history holidays as we keep shaking up history together.